Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, October 9th, and we are in the midst of Week 5. The Jags are headed to Houston, coming up the best of this week, including the aftermath of the loss in Cincinnati, a development announcement for the area surrounding TIAA Bank Field, and Houston Chronicle writer John McClain explains why the Texans fired head coach Bill O'Brien. Let's start Monday, and when Jags owner Shad Khan talks, it's always news. Monday, he was part of an announcement by Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry of new development plans for Lot J outside TIAA Bank Field. A $450 million private-public partnership for a development featuring Class A office space for lease living options and an entertainment district. It's about unlocking our potential in Jacksonville. Uh, You've heard me talk about our potential in the past. Uh, I believe it bears repeating. Jacksonville's ceiling is high, remarkably so. That's particularly true here in downtown, and it's imperative that we have the ambition and the vision uh, to answer this calling once and for all. In fact, if uh, Jacksonville is to be everything we can be, uh, this project is just the beginning, and it's time we begin. Jaguars president, Mark Lamping. This is the definition of a pioneering effort uh, to change the trajectory of downtown Jacksonville through the creation of a brand new neighborhood within the sports complex. If successful, the catalytic effect it will have will be felt throughout downtown and throughout the region for decades. This is potentially a defining moment for the future of downtown Jacksonville. We look forward to working with the city council through the legislative process, and I can tell you, we simply cannot wait to get started. Thank you very much. According to the mayor, the legislation should be presented to the city council soon, and then it would have to go through committees and hopefully be voted upon by the council by the end of the year. Ideally, they'll break ground on this project in early 2021. The last time Khan was on the record with outside-the-building media discussing the football team was in London last year. And a lot has happened with the Jaguars football team since then, including this year's 1-3 and three start. I think, you know, obviously I'm very disappointed. I think uh, being 1-3 and three at this point, and uh, yesterday when, you know, I was leaving Cincinnati, I was reflecting on that. And, uh, and then, you know, it dawned on me that, you know, two years ago we, we, we were 3-1 and one at this point. And, um, you know, you put it in perspective, it's about life. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. So we know what happened a couple of years ago. So three quarters of the season is still left to go. And, uh, you know, we have to find a way to win. The full presentation, including the Q&A session at the end, available on Jaguars.com. Now to the aftermath of that game in Cincinnati, a 33-25 loss to the Bengals. The Jags held a 13-10 halftime lead, but the Bengals scored on every possession of the second half except for an end-of-game kneel down, and they pulled away for their first win of the season. A bright spot for the Jags, though, was the return of wide receiver DJ Chark Jr. to the lineup. He had eight catches for 95 yards and two touchdowns, including a great toe drag just inside the back line of the end zone and another when he snatched the ball away from a defender. After the game, Chark discussed the mindset of this team after their third consecutive loss and the outside noise that's sure to come. The mood in the locker room is basically we got to stick together and the outside I know we get home and we look on Instagram, we look at Twitter and, you know, a lot of times we are, you know, the laughing stock because people love making jokes when they're not in the fire with us. You know, it's 
at this point is forget them. You know, when I go out there and play, I'm playing for those 53, 56 guys. I don't care. I'm going to put my body on the line. And that's just what we have to do. And I feel like that's the, the feeling. And if it's not, that's what the feeling is going to be. You know, we just have to go out there. I don't care if we win every game moving on or don't win every game moving on. We're not going to quit for sure. And that's the mindset that we got to have. And somebody's going to have to fill us. The Jaguars suffered numerous injuries in the game, especially on defense. D.J. Hayden left with a hamstring injury. He has since been placed on injured reserve. C.J. Henderson had a shoulder issue and left the game. But when linebacker Miles Jack exited with an ankle issue, the entire game seemed to change. On Jaguars Happy Hour Monday, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I talked through those injuries and the impact they had on the defense. Losing your frontline guys doesn't help and it hurts. But when all those guys were in outside C.J. Henderson, I'm pretty sure they went down and scored two touchdowns um, the first two drives of the second half. So I I don't think you can pin it all on that. And also, injuries are part of this game, unfortunately. And guys get hurt. I mean, you're playing the Bengals team that were who were without their two starting defensive tackles, Mike Daniels uh, and Geno Atkins, or two of their frontline guys, DJ Reader, the three guys that kind of rotate in there. So, you know, you could go down the list. I mean, they had didn't have their starting tight end who was out. For injuries, I mean, I just don't buy that always. Um, it's it's not fun. It's not a good part of the game. No one likes it. But in the NFL, no one's going to feel sorry for you either. And I don't think Doug's asking for sympathy by by any means. I think when he was just answering the questions, like, hey, it's hard. And it is hard when you have, you know, guys, your better players go out. And I think it's even, even harder um, based on how the roster's been built right now. I mean, it's super young. Um, the starters were young. Not a lot of experience. Not tested. Um, in the NFL, and then all of a sudden you lose those guys and a couple of guys that were tested around, you know, in Jack and uh, DJ Hayden, and you get even younger and less experienced. And so you look at the roster from top to bottom and the way it's kind of been constructed, losing anybody makes it really difficult, even in the best circumstances in the NFL, it's tough. But I think it's even, um, it's even amplified more um, based on, you know, where, where the Jaguars sit as a roster right now. When we were in school, you remember there was always a kid that never could get good grades. He always got F, F, and finally he got the C, and you clapped, and you went, yay, he got a C. Well, you should clap for the Jaguars. They had a stop on the opening drive, right? That's his progress. And they actually made a punt, which they, did, they didn't make the Colts punt in week one. So that's a step in the right direction. It, it, Tony, in a league of bad defense, and defense is terrible in this league, awful. They might be the worst in the league. And teams are going to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want to them, even if their starters are on the field. It's a group of young guys. There's not a ton of talent there. They're not a good defense right now. And so anything that you get, if you get a stop on the opening drive, that's progress. And, and granted, the run late, you know, the, the runs by Mixon, the young player was out there corner after Anderson went out. And like you said, Toby talked earlier, he, it was a bad fit, but those are going to happen. But it's not a good defense right now. Show me, aside from Miles Jack, aside from Miles Jack, show me one player who's playing to the expectations that you thought he would play before the season. One, give me one. Pete bringing the heat a bit there. Jaguars Happy Hour airing Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoons at 4 on Jags social channels. The Monday and Thursday shows on 1010 AM radio in Jacksonville. There are lots of ups and downs, of course, in every NFL season. Defensive end and strong side linebacker Cassius Marsh has lived through those since entering the league in 2014. 
He was with the Seahawks for a few years, and then the Patriots, 49ers, Cardinals, and now the Jags. So he has plenty of different experiences around the NFL, and he joined Ashlyn Sullivan on Instagram Live this week to explain how he shares those experiences with teammates and how the Jags' defense can turn things the right way. Obviously, this performance so far this year hasn't gone exactly the way you guys want it. And we were talking to Avery Jones post game on Sunday, um, and he was very honest, definitely seemed frustrated, but had a lot of faith that this group can turn this around. So in your eyes, how do, do they turn it around? I think everybody's just got to focus on executing their jobs. Um, I mean, that's it, it, around the league. It doesn't matter what team you're, you're, you're anywhere, what team you're talking about. I, I think that's all it, it comes down to is just – it's just executing, executing your job and, and all 11 guys doing that at the same time and, you know, trying to make uh, the least amount of mistakes because really the team that comes out on top is the team that made the, the fewest mistakes. So I think for us it's just about execution and just continuing to get better. Everybody's locked in and uh, nobody's pointing fingers. Um, everybody looks at themselves, which is really impressive with such a, a young group yourself playing on a few NFL teams. How do you think that helps you right now? One, with COVID, but two, you know, going through a year that as of right now isn't the way you want it to go. Do you have experience with that? And and what are you telling younger guys that have never done this before? Yeah, I've been on some teams with with some tough goals at at, at season. Um, And I've also been on teams that have have had a lot of success. Um, For me, I just try to be an example of just working, um, you know, continuing to do, um, put the work in day in and day out and, and try and do the little stuff. Um, I think that's extreme, you know, it's extremely important and, and, and overlooked. It's just consistency, you know, working hard in practice and just trying to be an example. I had, I didn't get to spend like time with the guys during OTA. So to be a vocal leader, I feel like you really have to know everybody on the team and spend a lot of time with the guys and stuff like that. So for me, I just try to uh, just lead by example, bring energy when I, you know, however I can and, and uh, you know, just be there for the guys. Cassius, the second generation of Marshes to play for the Jags, his father, Curtis Marsh, an original Jag from the expansion season of 1995. When we return, Todd Wash explains the challenges of defending Deshaun Watson, plus the aftermath of the Bill O'Brien firing in Houston and the impact it could have on this week's game. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Jags have introduced Jags at Home this year. It's an interactive second screen experience on Jaguars game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win at the end of each quarter. Time to hear from the coordinators, first on the offensive side with offensive play caller Jay Gruden. Last week, the Jaguars offense had a great run from James Robinson, the running back, to start their opening possession of the second half, but it was negated by a holding penalty, putting the Jaguars behind the chains early in the half. The result of the drive? A punt. And it isn't the first time this year a penalty or negative play has sunk a Jaguars drive. 
and Gruden explained what he and the Jags offense can do better. It's just something we haven't done a good job of is overcoming uh, negative plays, you know, the sack or maybe a penalty first and long, second and long. We've not done a good job this year of overcoming those things. That's something we have to focus on, get a better get back on track package. I tried to run quick game and, and get half of it back and we had to throw it away. Then we had another drop back and had to throw it away, unfortunately, and, and then had to punt. So it's just something we got to do a better job of as coaches, make sure we get the right play in there to try to get, we're not to get it all back on one play. We got to understand that mentality. Uh, we'd still have two or three downs to get it. We just got to make sure we do a better job of getting that negative taste out of our mouth and continue to move the chains. Now to Jaguars defensive coordinator Todd Wash. The challenge this week, keeping Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson contained. Of course, we all know the Jaguars pass rush has had its struggles this year so far, but they must find a way to get pressure on the quarterback. This week, they can't let him sprint out of the pocket. You know, he's a, a true dual threat. You know, I think there's getting to be a lot more of those in our league with the college game that it, that's that's uh, being played now. You know, the biggest thing is we, we're going to do everything we can to try to make him a pocket passer. We, we got to keep him in the pocket. Um, you've seen some games, you know, we played him obviously tight, you know, early on and that kind of stuff. In the last couple of contests, we've had some really uh, good good uh, results early, and then we kind of falter a little bit late. But for us, we got to keep him in the pocket. We, we got to keep him contained with our four or five or six-man pressures that we have on third down. But the big the, biggest one is first and second down. Uh, the timing throws, we need to have good pressure from our corners, getting hands on people to try to disrupt some of the timing and, and let him really feel the rush. If we can do that, I think we can control him. But if we let him running around, you know, around here, we say, hey, when that rooster gets loose, he's going to hurt you. And uh, he's done that to a lot, a lot of different teams over the years. And, and we got to do everything we can to keep him in the pocket. But with that being said, being a former D-line coach and, and talking with the Rebs, if you're constantly talking about, hey, let's keep him in the pocket, let's keep him in the pocket. All we're going to do is run right down the middle of people and stare at him. So there's a really a fine balance of how much you can bring, how, you know, chances or whatever you can say as a rusher uh, to keep him in the pocket. But we have to be smart and keep him in the pocket, but yet still uh, get after him. When that rooster gets loose, he's going to hurt you. Good quote from Wash there. Full coordinator and player video conferences available on Jaguars.com. Now to this week's opponent, the Houston Texans. After an 0-4 start, the Texans fired head coach Bill O'Brien Monday. O'Brien and Jags head coach Doug Marone are close, going back to their time as assistants at Georgia Tech. Marone Wednesday. Most everyone knows that, you know, you know, uh, Bill and I obviously have a, a friendship that probably leads towards more of like a, you know, a, a brother type relationship. So for me, speaking to him is not an unusual thing. You know, we speak, you know, quite a bit. I know this, I, I probably, you know, definitely in this league, I, I probably, I would say that I probably know him better than, than, than anyone. You know, I know that he's a, an outstanding football coach. He's, he's proven that. I know that he's very loyal to his coaches and players and organizations. You know, he's a guy that has won four out of five titles in the AFC South. And I think he's someone that's uh, uh, he's outstanding family man. He cares. I mean, there's just so many great qualities. You know, I can't believe I have to say this publicly now, you know, because <laughs> normally I bust his, his chops. But and he's a great friend. And, um, you know, it's always sad, you know, when you see things like this. And, um, you know, I'm sure that he'll have, you know, opportunities down the road because because of all the things that he's done. So. I think we all understand. I know, you know, this is the way the league is. On Jags Drive Time Thursday morning, Houston Chronicle writer John McClain visited with Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton and provided more insight to the changes in Houston. If you could try to uh, summarize this week for us and what has gone on with the Houston Texans, how would you do that? The Texans have been the most disappointing team in the NFL. A good example was uh, last year. The Texans beat the Bills in the playoffs. Bills are 4-0. 
look like a Super Bowl contender. The Texans are 0-4, look like a toilet bowl contender. And they have not played well going back to the second quarter of the Kansas City playoff game when they blew a 24-point lead and lost 51-31. So everybody thought they would beat Minnesota here. The Vikings came in 0-3. Their offense was not good. Their defense was terrible. Kirk Cousins had his best game of the year. Uh, the defense looked good, except in the second half. And the owner, Cal McNair, he said, we're not, we're going in the wrong direction. And he said, we still want to win games. So he decided to fire Bill O'Brien as coach and general manager, elevate uh, associate head coach Romeo Cornell to interim coach and executive vice president of football operations, Jack Easterby, to uh, interim GM. And then they will, after the season, hire a general manager and then they'll hire a head coach. John, when I spoke to you earlier this week, you weren't sure that this change was going to have much of an effect. Why wouldn't this give the team the boost that it hoped? Well, it might against the Jaguars because the Jaguars, as you guys know, have lost three in a row since that opening victory. And interim jobs just don't work out. I went back, I've covered four here, three with the Oilers, one with the Texans. All of them have been a disaster. But one before my time, believe it or not, 1961, second year of the AFL, Oilers changed coaches, went unbeaten and won the second consecutive AFC South championship. So it is hard to find an interim coach who turned the team around. Usually you'd think players would play hard, harder, because their jobs are on the line. They want to get positive things on tape for the next regime. But that's usually not how it works out. Drive time airing Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings on Jags social channels. Well, finally this week, we get to Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew II. He was asked about the leader of the Texans' defense and all the changes this week down there. And like many other weeks, he gave us the quote of the week. Listen, what have you seen from Houston? And is J.J. Watt still a guy you need to know where he's at pre-snap every single play? Yeah, Houston's very good. I think one of the things that you see watching tape is they're, they're a smart team. You know, they're disciplined, um, well-coached. Like, they're going to be in the right positions. Uh, you don't see them. Uh, get beat from lack of discipline or anything like that. Uh, JJ's he's definitely a guy that you got to know where he's at. You got to have somebody on him. A lot of times you want to have two guys on him. Uh, the biggest thing with him, man, is he just stop. You know, he's going to keep going. Those second effort sacks, those cleanup sacks, uh, he, he he gets all those because he, he is always working. You know, I think it's awesome to see one of the guys that's been so good in this league for so long, and it's because of his work ethic and, you know, how hard he plays. And then secondly, just playing a team that's, kind of going through turmoil like this is that kind of can be a recipe for them to play pretty well sometimes yeah no doubt we uh i mean we got enough turmoil and turmoil going on our own you know we got to figure our shit out first um so hey we we're, we're fired up we're ready to go you know i know a lot of people are writing us out but uh the belief on this team is still very strong and um you know we're ready to get out there as well well, the next opportunity to figure it out is this Sunday in Houston against the division rival Texans. Kickoff time set for 1 o'clock Eastern at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. On radio, we're on the air at 10 o'clock with the Publix Tailgate Show on 1010XL, followed at noon on the Jaguars radio network with Countdown to Kickoff. And, of course, after the game, Jaguars postgame with Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor, and yours truly. And then we take your calls on the scoreboard show as NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us, hopefully after a winning result in week five. 
Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game this Sunday, and thank you for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. That's all for this week, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.